This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome back to the channel and welcome back to another edition of the Spurs Chat Podcast, where in this edition we'll be, be talking about everything Tottenham Hotspur and, of course, the transfer window. There's a lot going on right now, but as usual, I have three very special guests to talk about everything Tottenham Hotspur. Back with us is broadcaster, TV presenter, radio presenter, Russ Williams. Russ, how are you? I'm very good, thanks, Chris. Hello, everyone watching. Hello, fellow, fellow uh, panel members and uh, I think the last time I was on Chris back end of last season, I was very upset and moody. And uh, you'll be pleased to hear that I'm not now. So we'll come on to that later. We were all upset and moody, Russ. Don't worry oh, about I know. That. It was terrible. We've also got Johnny Bow back with us, of course, radio presenter with Dublin's Q102. Johnny, how are you? I'm very good. The last time I was on, it was all doom and gloom, but there's a bit more positivity and life in us all now. So we'll talk about that in due course. I'm good. Yeah. Thanks. And for the very first time, we are welcoming Josh Hughes, of course, uh, sports social media executive with the Daily Mail. Josh, pleasure to have you here. How are you? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, doing well. It's been a really positive start to the summer and I'm feeling a hell of a lot better than I was feeling a few months ago. So, yeah, can't wait to to dive into all of all of the latest at Spurs. Russ, let's come to you. Um, let's start the show with you. I just want to know how you're feeling right now as a Tottenham Hotspur fan. Of course, the transfer window uh, is well on the way. Uh, Kulisewski, Poro, uh, permanent deals for both of them. Vicario has signed from Empoli. Madison has just signed from Leicester City. We've offloaded Harry Winks to Leicester City. And of course, uh, and Postacoglu has taken over at Tottenham. How are you feeling right now? Um... A lot better than I was, to be serious. Um, I mean, I've said for a long while, Chris, and you probably remember, and maybe some of the uh, listeners and viewers do, for about three or four years, we've needed a locksmith at our football club in midfield. And we've got him in James Madison. And we should rejoice, and actually for a reasonable fee of um, £40 million. 
the locksmith, of course, needs a van and needs some tools to do the job properly. So it's what happens in midfield and at the uh, back of the team that obviously influences how much of the ball he's going to get. So I'm excited about that. Uh, the manager, I think, is very interesting because um, I love Australians. I just love their attitude. Um you know, the sanitised interview that he did with, with the club was the least sanitised by a manager I've ever seen because he's Australian. He just said, I want to win, mate. And that's what I've always done. And that is the kind, I think, of language that resonates with all of us because we've been yeah. through the mill, really, as Spurs fans, haven't we, watching um, Dross mostly. And if it wasn't for Harry Kane, I think last season we'd have been in considerable trouble. But we'll come on to him, I'm sure. A little bit later on. So I'm looking forward to Ange Ball. I mean, Gordon Strachan, I, I read a, an interview that Gordon did yesterday, and he said the football is so fast, he used to catch the cameraman out uh, at the televised games uh, when he yeah. was manager of Celtic because they were moving the ball so quickly. Uh, but it's a whole different ball game, as we know, in the Premier League. If Ange Ball is going to be like Baz Ball in cricket, is great while it's going well, but it becomes tedious if it isn't going well, if you know what I mean. So fingers crossed um, that we get off to a reasonable start and he gets his feet under the table pretty quickly in the Premier League because it is a major challenge for him. There's no doubt about it. And he knows that. And uh, that Aussie in him and that will to win, I think we'll see him through. And I'll, I'll make a prediction now. I feel that by Christmas we'll all be in love with him and what he's doing. And I hope I'm right. And I, I really do believe that that will be the case. Uh, if it isn't, of course, he's going to be in trouble. And so is Daniel Levy. He's going to have to look at paying three and a half years' money off. But let's be positive. Um, you know, he's our manager. I don't think there'll be any messing around. I'm sure he got all the players together and said, right, who wants to be here? Who doesn't? Decisions will have been made. He will have identified with his coaching staff and speaking to the owners and the chairman where we need to get players in. And so far, so good. And we'll come on, I'm sure, later in the show to some of the candidates who could be coming in in area, other areas of the team. Uh, but overall, um, a lot more positive than I was because I think we're going to get to see some Tottenham football, uh, which we all want to see. You know, many of us feel, don't we, Chris, and the rest of you, that if we lose 3-2, but we played really well, you feel like you got value for money as a Tottenham fan. You know, none of this let's go a goal or two goals down and come back in the second half as exciting on occasion as it it was. I think I think it's going to be completely different. And I hope I'm right. Russ, were you one of those Spurs fans that were disappointed at the appointment, but then you went away, done your research, and then now feel excited about his appointment? Um, not, not particularly because... Um, I, uh, working on the radio in Scotland, I have to keep up to date with Scottish football. And um, I'd watched, uh, you're right, Josh. Uh, I'd, uh, I'd watched Celtic quite a lot. Obviously, I knew him from international football as well. And um, I, I wasn't overwhelmed, but I wasn't underwhelmed either. You know, my fear was that ironically we were going to get Brendan Rodgers or a Marco Silva, which I think would not uh, have been in the best interest of our football club and would have followed in a what would have been a long line of uh, appointments that wouldn't have been right. So, um, 
you know, I mean, apparently he was talking to the club for some months before they offered him the job. So, you know, I, I want a manager, basically, who wants to be at our football club. Yeah. Uh, no names, no pack drill. He does. And uh, if you want to be there, and the players know you want to be there, and they buy into what you're doing, I I honestly think that, you know, if, if the first couple of games, we're at Brentford away, if if we can get a result there, and we should be able to, um, Manchester United at home, you know, it's early in the season to play them. We've got a big chance. And, you know, a couple of decent results, and you can build on that. And I think he will. Thank Johnny, you. how are you feeling about the transfer window so far and your appointment with uh, Foster Cogley? Really happy. Uh, really happy with the incomings, with James Madison, with uh, Vicario, uh, the deal for Kulisevsky. And uh, I think it's, I, I'm really looking forward to the season now. You know, I, I worked um, I worked for an Australian boss um, over 10 years ago, and it was my very first time having a senior boss. And I have to say, it, it, credit to him, he was the one that really helped me improve myself and, and go forward. Really direct. I remember he was really direct and, and very helpful. But if you didn't do what he wanted you to do, he told you and uh, you had to implement what he wanted otherwise you're out and um if Ange Postacoglu is anything like that I think we're we're in for a really uh, good time at Spurs I think things are looking up and I, I watched some of his videos you guys probably saw it as well where he's doing team talks in the dressing room that was going around about a month ago and you might remember I was on Chris with you a few months ago, and I was I was trying to motivate the players. I, I, you know, imagining I was the manager in the dressing room, and what I'd say to them before the cup final or before an FA Cup final, and I was telling them, "You're playing for your family. You're playing for your parents who got you into that position to play." And he's actually doing that. He's actually doing stuff like that. So it's interesting. Pep probably does it too in the dressing room. We probably just don't see it enough. The Amazon Prime documentary wasn't enough to let us see what goes on in there. But I'd say at the top level, those elite managers, I'd say they really get into each player's head and they figure out what motivates each player. Because it may not motivate all the players, but they figure out what motivates them and they get at them at the heartstrings. And then when they're going into that final, they give a hundred percent and they win. And that's it. I think the Champions League final, you know, we didn't have that spirit. We didn't have that manager that was able to give it to us. Now, I know Harry wasn't playing well. He just come back from, from uh, injury. But I think um, over the next few months, we're going to see a Spurs uh, team really trying, really giving it all in the matches. And even if they lose 3-2 or 4-3, you'll see that they've given it everything. And it won't be this doom and gloom. And things may get off to a rocky start. We're all assuming we're going to win, 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 win. It may not be like that because he's implementing a new style of play, I would imagine. And he's getting them to do different things. So it's going to take a while. These things just don't happen overnight. But to get back to your question, James Madison, Vicario, Kulisevsky. And also, I think for the future, uh, Mikey Moore and Callum Olusesi. I heard um, Iaia Toure uh, before he departed as the under-16 coach talking about them for the future. So there's lots of things to be excited about going forward. Josh, how are you feeling? Are you feeling excited uh, with this new era under Postacoglu and how are you feeling about this transfer window so far? Yeah, I mean, look, I, I echo what's been said already. Um, one of the things that I found really striking about Postacoglu and I'll, you know, go straight on the record to say he was probably in my list. I did a list of 10 managers that I would like to see at Spurs. He was ninth on that list. 
Uh, if I was going to redo that list, obviously things would be very different now, knowing what he's like and doing some research and, and really delving into, uh, you know, of course I've seen the clips um, of what he was like at Australia and what he was like in Japan and Celtic and, and um, seeing how he motivates players and how he gets players to go on a journey with him and, and with that, the fans. Um, but actually, it was reading comments of, of past players that have played under him, particularly Australian players, that I found particularly striking. Um, and, you know, even today, the, the video that went up where Andrew was answering the, the questions of, of Spurs fans. And one of the things that came up, uh, in fact, there were two things that kind of stuck with me. One being when he was asked what Australian player he would have at Spurs. He said... Mark Bresciano, who played at Palmer and Palermo. I was expecting him to say Mark Faduca, Harry Kuehl, Tim Cahill. He picked him because he was thinking about where Spurs are now, what Spurs need, and it was about a character. I think that says it all, really. And the Vicario transfer, his comments about that, the fact that, you know, you see fans on social media saying this was the cheap option, you know, a lot of fans unhappy with our window so far, but Ange comes out and says, this was my number one man. This is my guy. He proved himself to me. And I think that that shows that what he wants is, he's not necessarily going to be a, a transfer window of the most flash signings. I think Mana Solomon sums that up perfectly, but it's going to be players that have potential and a work ethic and a mentality to do the job and do the job to the best of their abilities. And I think that what we need to delve away from at Tottenham, Tottenham has been a club of individuals. It was Gareth Bale. It was, you know, even in the past, Glenn Hoddle. It was, you know, more recently, it's been Harry Kane or Hyung Min Song, Antonio Conte, Jose Mourinho. These are individuals that when people talk about our football club, no one talks about the team. They talk about those individual people. And what I see happening is this is going to be about the team first and foremost. No player will be bigger than the team. And I think that's something that as fans, we can all be excited about. Of course, you know, the budget is limited. Um, we're going to have to be nimble. But, you know, one thing I would also say that's positive is it looks like for the first time that I can remember, Daniel Levy seems to be delegating the responsibility almost entirely to uh, Gabonini and to Paratici, we know is still involved in some way, um, and, and uh, Scott Munn and, and Ange himself. Um, and I think that's really, really important going forward because something wasn't working and something had to give. So, you know, I think what, um, what we're seeing is, is a really nimble transfer window so far, of course, a lot still to be done. But who can complain at what we've done so far? I mean, Madison at a net transfer price of 30 million, if you include the, the Harry Winks deal to Leicester, which, you know, to be honest, I, I would have driven him to, to, to Leicester for free. Not because I don't like Harry Winks, but because it just wasn't going to work and I couldn't see us getting a fee for him. You know, it, it, it looks good at the minute. And the, the other thing that I would just briefly mention from that video where he answered the fans' questions was when he was asked about that home game and it being Manchester United, he completely shut down the fact that this is Man United, probably or arguably, depending on whether you're from Merseyside or, or not, the biggest team in England and one of the biggest teams in the world. High pressure game. 
nah mate just completely shuts it down any other game and um yeah i think i think rightly uh, we can all be feeling good for once josh what what changes now at the football club because going from Maurizio Pochettino to then bringing in Sierra winners in Jose Mourinho and Antonio Conte. Of course, Nuno Espirito Santo is in the, in the middle of all that as well. But what changes now um, at the football club to make this football club successful, to take us on to that next level and to really back Postacoglu? I think no club is uh, successful without its fan base. Um, and it might sound weird saying it, but... One of the things that I will never forget as long as I live was that final season at the lane where the atmosphere was unlike anything I'd seen. And, and we've always had a good atmosphere at the lane, but I was feeling nervous for the opposition players in a home game because of how loud we were, how intense the atmosphere was. And that was because we had a team of players you know, a collective, all playing for the manager, the fans united behind the manager. There was a clear vision of who we are as a football club, a DNA, you know, and I think arguably that's been the biggest issues. We'd lost our DNA. We had a manager in Mourinho who, you know, is quite individualistic. Same with Conte. We were being bored by the football, you know, and next season, what, what's going to make us a successful team is we're going to, have a manager who plays a brand of football that gets us off our seat, that makes us hug the stranger next to us at the game, that, you know, gets that kind of feeling that we all had, you know, at our first game or when you're a kid, you know, that kind of excited feeling. You're going to be struggling to sleep the night before a game because you're that excited. You know, that's what his football can bring to the table. And if we all get behind him as a fan base, and we can continue in the way that we are in the window. I see no reason why next season it's that shift of, you know, we're all in it together. It's not a manager that owes us something uh, or, or we owe the manager something. You know, it's, it's a real down the middle. He wants to be here and we all want him here. And that is the, the, the perfect marriage. And, and, you know, of course, it's going to take a bit of luck along the way. But, um, you know, I think... Really, it's about unity and it's about really getting behind him. And, and the players will feed off that 100%. Josh, just very quickly, um, the signing so far um, in Madison and Vicario, are these club signings or are these actually Postacoglu signings? Because these are players that we've um, spoken about in the past. We've been heavily linked to both of them in the past. Uh, we're looking at other players that we've scouted in the past. Are we still going down the route of club signings or are these actually Postacoglu's choices? It's really difficult to tell. But what I think is clear is that Postacoglu is on board with what's going on. Yeah. And he is part of those conversations. And he is clearly having the final say because the club was in for David Raya and Postacoglu had that conversation with Vicario uh, over Zoom or, or whatever it was, and he was sold. He was taken aback by his uh, attitude, his winning mentality, his ability to speak almost perfect English. You know, and clearly, you know, at all football clubs, there is an element of club signings and, and manager signings. But 
what you've got is a manager and a team around him. And I truly believe at this early stage, we're starting to see this. You know, we knew that Gabonini and Paratici were incredibly talented football people. They're being allowed to go and do their thing. The only, you know, small criticism I would have is, you know, perhaps Gabonini, who's known for his South American talent and scouting. We're yet to see, you know, a, a gem from, from South America come to the club yet, but that may change. You know, what we're seeing is a group of guys that have come together and are all singing off the same hymn sheet. And that's very evident in the way that Postacoglu has spoken about both signings. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's impossible to say without being in the room. But it, it seems that the club is not at conflict with the manager over the signings, which was 100% the case with Conte and, and Mourinho. Yeah. Their interviews have been very impressive as well. Um, Russ, let's come to you. Um, Harry Kane. Where do you stand on the whole Harry Kane situation? Uh, there have been so many rumours and reports going around in the last couple of weeks. Of course, he returns to Hotspur Way next week. Uh, apparently, he's going to hold a meeting with Daniel Levy and Postacoglu about his future. Um, do you think he will stay? Do you think he will see out his contract and perhaps leave on a free transfer next summer? Many reports are stating that Daniel Levy is trying to get Harry Kane to sign a new contract. Where do you see Harry Kane's future? Um, wow. Um, could be in Munich. Uh, but um, I think we have to recognise that Daniel Levy will probably want too much money. And even the great Bayern Munich have a point when they go, no. Um so that's one option. The other option is, as you say, he stays, carries on playing. I mean, I have to say, Chris, uh, I don't think there's any way he hasn't spoken in some way or another to Postacoglu. Uh, I'm, I'm sure a conversation has been had um, because it's in Postacoglu's interest to keep Harry Kane, if he can, at the club because he knows, and he, he mentioned it in a, you know, the, the fans' questions, you know, Harry Kane and Sonny are going to get an awful lot of goals for us next season. So we can read into that whatever we want. Uh, obviously, you can stay, go on a free at the end of the year, and I don't think anybody would begrudge him that or even moving to Bayern Munich. Uh, but, but once again, he's in, he's in the situation, I think, where Daniel Levy um, is going to make life very difficult. And it made me laugh that... The story that broke overnight, Daniel Levy is absolutely furious that Harry Kane has spoken to Thomas Tuchel and had a, a meeting with him. A, we don't know that that meeting happened. It could just be tittle-tattle. Uh, so who knows? And uh, hasn't Harry Kane got every reason to be pretty angry with Daniel Levy over the lack of top-quality support on the pitch over the last three or four years where he's almost... You know, well, he is our talisman, but he's he's almost had to do most of it on his own. I know he's a goal scorer. So for Daniel Levy to be furious that Harry Kane might be talking to another football club uh, is a bit laughable, really, for me. Um, so it's going it, it's going to be very interesting. My gut feeling is that he will start the season with us, but let's hope that if he starts the season, come the end of the transfer window, it's not a sort of five to midnight. He's gone job. Uh, if he's going to go, I'd prefer him to go before a ball was kicked in, in the Premier League and, and wish him all the very best uh, because he will win things at Bayern Munich, but maybe he might win things under Big Ange. 
So I think there's an awful lot of um, uh, discussions to be had still and are probably going on at the moment. I just worry, the thing that I worry about most with Harry Kane is the advisors around him. And I think he's a really decent man. I think that he is a cracking footballer. He's a role model, if you believe footballers are role models. He's certainly an icon. Uh, but from what I understand, and I could be wrong, but I don't think so, the team that advise him are not at the level that they should be for Harry Kane to make the right decisions once everything has been put before him. And I, I just wonder um, if that is going on at the moment and he's not really getting the sort of what-if moments from these people. Uh, think about this. I, I think it's either, well, you know, we do this, Harry, or do that. And yeah, it's his brother, isn't it? It's, it, it's family. And family often look after your interests the best. But whether as a football uh, agent, in inverted commas, or manager uh, of one of the world's great players, I'm not entirely sure. Could be wrong, uh, but it seems to me that whatever happens, it's crunch time. I think that he will stay for another season. If it goes well with Ange, he'll sign and he'll stay at Spurs. But... If he left, um, you know, I think all of us would give him a lift to the airport to go to Munich, not in a nasty way, to say thank you very much for everything he's done for the football club because he's been amazing and we know that. Johnny, if you were advising Harry Kane or, or indeed you were Harry Kane, what would you do? I'd leave. <laughs> I, I'd go and uh, I, I'd really try and push uh, for, for my exit. You know, I wouldn't have any kind of regrets. Probably I didn't win a trophy, but I wouldn't have any regrets on a personal front. I gave it everything. I, I became the club's top scorer. Probably I'll end up as the Premier League's top scorer, but I would just go now, yeah. Look, you can't risk another season. I know this Ange Postecoglou looks really good, but he hasn't started yet. And Harry could be at the end of the season. We could end up seventh again or eighth or whatever. You just don't know. And then Harry said, God, why didn't I go? He should just go now, but but Bayern Munich, if if they offer eighty, 80 have, what's the highest they've offered now, Chris? What's the what's the latest they offered? Eighty was it? Eighty million? Well, apparently they were preparing a second offer, but um, that's as far as it's got. Okay. Well, if they offer eighty to ninety million, I'd nearly take it at this stage, and just say, look, it's time to move on. We have a new manager. Harry's given us everything. It's time to move on. Even though he scores all those goals, I know he's he's absolutely amazing. But in some ways as well, and I know people may not agree with me, he, he also, the, the, the team is is sort of designed around him. So, you know, Sam doesn't really get to shine as much as he would. Because remember when Harry was injured for all that time a few seasons ago, Sam was out playing out of his skin. He was scoring for fun because he had a bit more freedom because the, because of the way Mourinho and Conte were, were getting Spurs to play. It didn't suit. But I, if I was Harry now, I'd try and push for an exit and go. And and it doesn't have to be Chelsea. It doesn't have to be a London club. It could be Liverpool. Jurgen Klopp's a big fan. And if Liverpool came in, if Fenway Sports came in with a big offer, which it's possibly they could do. And I think they're one of the dark horses to sign Harry. Liverpool could come in and that's a team I think he could go to. I think he would go to them because it's not a London team. Um, okay, he'll miss being in London and his family being there, but Liverpool's not that far away, and and they will embrace him and the cop and play in front. So I could I could see that possibly happening, and uh, that'd be a better move. That's if Jurgen Klopp's interested in signing him, but who wouldn't be? 
but it's just it depends on the money. Um, but if I was Harry, I'd go. Yeah. Josh, let's come to you. Johnny says it depends on the money there. Surely every single player has a price. I personally cannot see him going to another Premier League club this summer. I don't think Daniel Levy would do that to any of us. No. Uh, but but it is possible that he could sign for Bayern Munich this summer if the right figure came in. What do you think that figure is? Um, I don't think Daniel Levy will get out of bed for, for less than £90 million. I wouldn't get out of bed for less than a hundred million. Will Bayern Munich pay that? Not a chance. I I cannot see in any way this move making any sense. As much as you know, Bayern Munich is a great team. Consistently in European semi-finals or finals, you know, winning the Champions League in the last few years as well. I think it was summed up really well um, by. I want to say it was Gary Neville, actually, that said it. And basically saying, what, what use is it to Harry Kane going to Bayern Munich to essentially win the Bundesliga for the 97th time when, you know, he can stay for one more year and go on a free? Look, we're in a situation that's a sliding doors moment for, for Spurs and for Kane because Man United desperately need a striker. We all know that, as do Bayern Munich. Liverpool probably could do with an out-and-out out number nine as well. And, and Liverpool's an interesting shout. But I genuinely do believe, you know, that we're in a situation where this might be Kane's only chance. Um, so if I was Kane, I probably would leave. But at the same time, for Spurs, we can be really clever here. Daniel Levy holds his nerve and risks it, we could be in a situation where the best option for Harry Kane actually is to sign a new Spurs deal because if he doesn't go this summer, Man United will get that striker in, as will Bayern Munich. Real Madrid, we all know, are going to sign Kylian Mbappe. And is PSG really going to be the club that Harry Kane goes to uh, when that record is is so close? Um I don't think so. So, you know, I think 100 million is is what you would hope for. I know there's the whole last year of his contract. I actually believe that Harry Kane is one rare exception to that rule because it's Harry Kane, what he means to our football club, what he means in terms of Premier League history. Uh, and he's only just about to turn 30. You know, he's still got probably four, at least four seasons at the top of his game. Look at Karim Benzema, he's only just gone to Saudi Arabia, but he was banging in goals for fun at the age of 34, 35. You know, so, you know, for me, Spurs need to hold their nerve and I'm not getting out of bed for one uh, for anything less than 100 million. So, Josh, are you saying, as a Spurs fan, if Spurs were to get an offer of 100 million pounds and that was made public you would come out and say, let's sell him? I think it all depends on on where to, you know, because if it was Bayern Munich and he wanted to go to Bayern Munich, 100 million, okay, fine, you can go. But, you know, if it's going to strengthen one of our rivals for top four, and in my book, there's only two teams guaranteed top four next season, 
that's Man City and Arsenal. I think the rest, it's all up for grabs. Um, I'd be looking to be a little bit more clever because one of the things I, I was saying on a Twitter space, actually, um, with Bayern Munich, Bayern Munich have so many players that Tottenham could do with. If they can't reach 100 million, would I accept 80 million plus a player? If the player was going to massively strengthen our team, absolutely. But yeah. I think, you know, overall, the, the deal has to be 100 million plus. And, you know, if it was an, inter an international team, I would sell him. If it was a Premier League team, um, I'd probably trying to grab onto his ankles as he, he leaves for the airport. Do you know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, it's a difficult one. But I think if Kane really wants to go, which I don't believe he's told the club he does at this stage, um, then, then we don't owe him anything. He's given us the world and more. Mm. Yeah, well said. Just one thing, Chris. I think yeah. it's worth uh, throwing it out there that the finances of Spurs and the debt uh, that we have uh, dictates maybe some of the decisions in this inflationary high-interest world that we live in uh, because Tottenham's debt almost certainly uh, is more expensive now than it was at the end of the football season. And rather like Arsenal... When they built their stadium, they had to sell, sell, sell and uh, be fairly prudent. And uh, in fact, I don't think Daniel Levy, funny enough, has been as prudent as Arsenal. Uh, but it might be, you, you just don't know, do you, that he might get a phone call from the bank and they say, Daniel, times are hard. We need this amount of money from you, old boy. And that could come into it. I'm just throwing it out there. Uh, whether we do it with Harry Kane, I don't know. But he certainly, I think Josh is absolutely right uh, that he'll want an awful lot of money for Harry Kane. 100 million, not sure. Uh, 85, 90, I think he'd be tempted to sell him. Would you uh, Would you accept that then, Russ? 85, 90 million pounds. Would you accept well, I think it? I, th I think he's priceless to us Yeah, as a football club. Yeah. So um, I would do everything I could uh, to, to stop him leaving uh, because, you know, if I was the chairman of Spurs, which I never will be, thank goodness. Um, he would be so important going forward as he has been since he came through the academy. Uh, and that's another point about Harry Kane. He hasn't cost us anything. I mean, think of the profit when you sell something. Yeah. Uh, all these things, I think, come into it. Um, I personally would not sell him, no. Unless he, if, if he came to me, he said, I really don't want to be here anymore then you don't want anyone anywhere in a business that doesn't want to be part of it. So you would, but if, if it was, uh, well, you know, I don't mind if I stay, I wouldn't sell him. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. 
Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Russ, one player that could be heading out the door in this summer transfer window yeah. is Guillermo Hoybier, uh, possibly mm. going to Atletico Madrid. If he did leave the football club, would you be disappointed? I think um, Pierre has, uh, has done a workman-like job for us, really. I think, you know, the Viking attitude appealed to some of the fan base, perhaps more than others. Uh, I think he's slow. Um, I think his passing is slightly erratic. Uh, he doesn't get enough goals, although he's not expected to, I suppose. But if you, if you got a midfield like we had at the back end of last season of Skippy and and Hoiberg, uh, and you wonder where the creativity is. Well, the two names tell you where the cre- creativity is for me. Uh, so, no, we need to reshape the midfield and give the locksmith, James Madison, the van and the tools that he needs to be able to unlock things for the likes of Sonny and Harry Kane and maybe other players who are coming in. Uh, so, no, I, uh, he, he would go with, with my blessing, to be honest. Johnny, let's come to you. Ivan Perisic, uh, John Luca Damasio states today that Perisic is close to uh, returning to Croatia and his uh, contract could be terminated soon in order to complete the move. Uh, what did you make of Perisic last season? No, not, not for me, really. I think just his age, maybe six, seven years ago, he would have been okay. But, you know, it, it's just like Ben Davies, Jaffa Tanganga, Davison Sanchez. I just be moving all those guys on, Hoiberg and all, and and Lloris. It's time just to reshape the team and and let's move on with a new. And I know, and I know Harry Kane. I listen. I love Harry Kane. You know, I've got a poster of Harry Kane in my home. But I I idolise him. But if it was if ninety million came in tomorrow from Liverpool or Manchester United, I know it's another Premier League team. I know, and we'll probably go. Oh, he'd be playing against us and score. I think it's just time to move on. I think we can't we can't live we can't keep living with Harry Kane forever. Harry has to go at some stage, and he is going to be thirty, not twenty five, twenty six. So that hundred million, I don't think, is going to come in. If he was twenty six, twenty seven, he 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 may he may he may be kept on. But it's the same with Perisic, thirty was he thirty three, thirty four, or something like that. Um, yeah. He's also you know at that at that age now. I know you, you mentioned um, another one of the players for Real Madrid or whatever playing at that age but it's just I think it's time to move Paris to John Ben Davies Tankanga um, Hoiberg Loris all those guys move them on now this is a really good time to do it as well and you can't get rid of all of them I understand that but if you get rid of half of them um, and thank them for their service and just bring in some good quality and as Russ was saying like James Madison, it's going to be, imagine how many goals Harry Kane will score if he starts in August, on August the 12th against Brentford. Can you imagine how many goals he's going to score with Madison, you know, spraying the ball left and right up to him? You know, the accuracy will be so much better and Madison will be, will be going forward. Whereas Hoiberg, as you said, Russ, he was just a bit sloppy with his passes. He was a bit kind of a, he was a bit awkward, you know, kind of a, a, a player, you know, Republic of Ireland under Jack Charlton. He would have loved a Hoiberg, you know, yes. closed them down, closed the opposition down, all that kind of thing. You know, he'd have loved a player like that. But not, not, uh, not he's not suitable for Spurs. Spurs need class and flair. That's, the, that's what the fans want. 
and uh, they want that kind of attacking, uh, flary player uh, like Davi Ginola. And they're happy when we have that because we know even if we lose 5-4, we went forward and we attacked. I know we left five goals in, but still, the fans would nearly forgive you for that. It's the, it's the style of play. And that's the thing that's been so frustrating over the last few seasons. Perisic is a Conte signing. He has to be a Conte. He's not a player I would have signed. Josh, yeah. Josh let's come to you on Perisic because I must say, when we signed him last summer, I was so excited about having... Such an experienced player come in. I thought that he'd done fairly well last last year, although I probably expected a lot more from him. Um, what did you make of his season um, last year at Tottenham? And uh, would you see sorry? Would you be sorry to see him go? I wouldn't be sorry to see him go. Um, look, I will say this on Perisic: the consummate professional works his absolute socks off. Such a good person to have around the dressing room. I know he's very well liked um, by many of the squad. Um, a player that brings a lot of experience, leadership qualities. I actually, I think he would have been really, really useful in a season like this under Ange Postacoglu. However, if he's going to finish, you know, his career and and this be the closing chapter of his career back in 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 Croatia, then. You know, uh, it's a kind of testament to the to the man he is, really, going back to to his roots. And and I can't really hold it against anyone that wants to do that, particularly at the age that he is and with the career that he's had. Um, yeah, I mean, in terms of how he did last season, no one can knock the number of assists he got. Absolutely, I think what we all kind of probably realised was he's not a defender in the Premier League. I think that that was quite clear, was playing wing-back in Serie A is a very, very different thing to playing Serie A, uh, to playing wing-back in the Premier League, particularly at that age. Uh, and I think he was found out a lot defensively, but going forward, he was really useful. So, you know, as far as I'm concerned, I would have been keeping him, looking to keep him in the squad this season as a, a backup to play on that left mid kind of position. Of course, it looks like Solomon's coming in, so perhaps his race is run and, and maybe um, maybe that might indicate Spurs looking for a left back potentially for the window shuts. I know we've obviously not really spoken about it. There's not been much on that. But with a doji as well, who I, I'm 100% sure he can play left back, by the way, but it's still fairly unproven. Um, it just opens a little gap. But yeah, I, I wish him all the very, very best if he does leave. And, you know, I think once a spur, in, in my mind, you know, he's done absolutely nothing um, to, to kind of anger fans or disappoint fans or anything like that. So it's just one of those that I'll look back fondly on on the time we had with him, the brief time. But, you know, he's just, just one of, one of uh, a long list of, of good players that we've had at the club that didn't stick around too long. Josh, we're just about to complete the sign of Manor Solomon. Um, of course, his medical was scheduled for Tuesday, then delayed until Thursday, and it's been changed again. Uh, his medical will now take place next week. Um, what do you make of this Manor Solomon situation? Because, uh, of course, he spent last season on loan at Fulham, technically available on a free transfer, um, after FIFA ruled that overseas players based in war-torn Ukraine could suspend their contracts for a further year. Um 
Shakhtar Donetsk are really unhappy about this situation. And of course, they're going to meet Spurs uh, executives, Daniel Levy and co, uh, before the friendly game on the 6th of August. Um, they call it unfair. What do you make of it all? Oh, it's 100% unfair. I mean, it, it, Shakhtar Donetsk, um, the football club, didn't, you know, have a say in this war happening. Um and Donetsk is right in the thick of it. I mean, it is literally in the most, it's in the name of the stadium, the Donbass uh, Arena. I mean, they are right in the very, very thick of it. Um, and of course, they've shifted everyone over to Poland. Um, but it's a very unsettling time for the players as well, many of whom, you know, aren't Ukrainian. Shakhtar has always been a club that has scouted really well across South America and across the world. And they've had a large international contingent, you know, but for me, it, it's difficult because yes, absolutely. Man of Solomon on a free, it's a no brainer. It's an absolutely fantastic squad signing. It's a really good um, player to, to, you know, bring in 24, can score goals, good with both feet. You know, we all know why he would be good for Spurs. I, to be honest, a part of me does also ethically think, why can't we just give them, you know, even if it was five million, give them some form of compensation? Um, Is that realistic? Well, I mean, I, I can't see it happening, but, uh, you know, ethically, I, I, I believe that that's probably the right thing to do. But, you know, ultimately, the, the decision is not down to Shakhtar and it's not down to Spurs. It's down to, to FIFA. So um, if that's their rules, we're going by the rules. But it, it's a grey area for sure. And it's not something I feel overly comfortable with, albeit the fact that Solomon is a, a fantastic signing for the club or will be a fantastic signing for the club. And, and I do wonder, and I know there's been obviously reports of, oh, they've just rescheduled it. I, I can't see why that's happened unless there's still a little bit of, you know, doing and throwing over over this. So I think it's one to watch. I don't see in any situation how he doesn't come to Spurs. But uh, I'm sure, it, it you know, it's it, conversations are still being had. And it's it's a bit of a kind of, I do feel like we're probably taking advantage somewhat, but so would any club. Uh, if they were going to sign the player. So, yeah, it, it is difficult, but a great signing nonetheless. Russ, how difficult do you think, or how awkward do you think that meeting is going to be on the eve of that friendly game at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium? Because the CEO, Sergio Palkin, has said it's not fair. Uh, we are sure Tottenham understand our difficult position. We simply cannot afford to lose. Uh, we'll have a meeting. The solution must satisfy both sides. Um, how will they be satisfied? Um, <clears throat> excuse me, ultimately, by us giving them some financial remuneration, I would have thought, putting it in plain English or Ukrainian, um, because they want some, uh, uh, you know, compensation for a player. Um, and, you know, uh, Josh, I thought, explained it really well. Um it's not entirely down to us. It, it, you know, it, it is a football authorities issue as well. So they can have the meeting then, but hopefully it'll be sorted out before that. Uh, that would be almost the last chance alone, wouldn't it? I mean, we, we do not want to be selfish from a Spurs point of view 
late, late signings again, year after year after year. We want to get people in training, learning the manager's systems, meeting their colleagues, feeling they're part of the club, thinking they're going to get a chance to play in the first team. So, uh, you know, let's sort it out however we can do it. And uh, I do think we should be giving some compensation without a doubt. Russ, we've talked about the transfer window so far. Um, I think all of us will agree that we need defensive reinforcements and we probably do. have done in these last couple of uh, transfer windows. Um, are you surprised that we haven't signed any centre-backs as yet? Well, we're sniffing around Van de Ven, aren't we? Uh, I mean, uh, have, have you heard <clears throat> anything, either of you, all of you, uh, about Romero? Because I was talking to uh, one of our fellow fans the other day who said that they heard on the grapevine, that dangerous thing, uh, that even Romero was looking to perhaps not be at Spurs. I mean, he's the, he's the only good centre-back that we've got, although uh, he'll be getting told off a lot by Big Ange if he does some of the mistakes that he, he did under Conte, of course, that we're all familiar with. Um, he, you know, he's a player. We need another two. I mean, Ange is going to play 4-3-3, OK? So we need two top-quality First choice centre backs and another one in reserve. So we have to. There's no point in tinkering with the wings, getting James Madison in, keeping Harry Kane if we're leaking goals left, right, and centre at the back. And I, I don't think Postacoglu would even entertain that thought. He would have been horrified when he watched videos of Spurs playing and saw him on the television. I'm absolutely certain. Uh, so. Uh, we, we do need to get people in, and that means getting people out, get some money in, and spend some money, in, invest into this new project, because the club have committed to Postacoglu for four years. So, uh, you know, give him a fighting chance from, from day number one. And uh, we all know that our defence is so leaky. I mean, it's embarrassing, some of the goals that we've conceded over the last six months. Terrible. And, uh, you know, names, Johnny mentioned a few names who have to go. And, you know, we should wish them well. Uh, the problem we've got, of course, is the Deadwood won't go. And they're still going to be sitting there taking their money uh, because they're legally obligated to do so the comp the comp under a contract to pay them. Um, so, you know, we can come up with all these names of people that we want to go from the club because they've had their moment or it hasn't worked out. But if nobody else wants them, you're stuck with them. And that is the problem. So I think financially, again, it's a delicate balance for Daniel Levy and, and Enoch and, and the football club uh, who are, you know, encumbered with such big debt. But then again, a lot of football clubs are. Russ, you mentioned Mickey van der Ven there. Yeah. Uh, Wolfsburg apparently want around £30 million. Pounds. Would, or, or is he good enough uh, to get in this Tottenham Hotspur team, do you think, and to take Tottenham Hotspur forward? And, of course, we've also been linked with Edmund Tabsoba. Uh, yes. He will cost around £50 million, pounds, but lots of clubs around Europe are interested in him. And there's also reports and a, a deal that I think will go through at some point. Clement Longley from Barcelona, they want him off their wage bill. Spurs are ready to spark the deal with Barcelona. But they okay. now feel that Barcelona will release Clement Longley on a free transfer and then Spurs will nip in and get him on a free transfer. And of course, Eric Dyer wants to stay at the football club and, yeah. you know, he wants to stay there. He wants his place at the football club. Does that worry you, the fact that we could still have Eric Dyer and Clement yes. Longley 
in that defensive back line. Yes, of course, because uh, we know what they can do, or rather what they can't do. I think Van de Ven is uh, a hungry footballer. He's so quick as well, uh, you know, for a defender. I, I personally think he'd be a great addition to our football club. Um, you know, there was talk, wasn't there, of Harry Maguire. There's even been talk of Cameron Carter-Vickers, of course, who we all know rather well, uh, coming from Celtic to play with Ange once again. So uh, that could be be interesting. I mean, I, I don't foresee us spending, you know, the you know the 50 million plus on, on a centre-back. And I think 30 million uh, for Van de Ven probably sounds uh, like a pretty good deal, I would have thought. But there'll be other names that will crop up, of course, over the um, next couple of weeks. But we cannot go in to another season with Ben Davis, uh, Eric Dyer, um, Romero, and uh, Tanganga, uh, you know, these defenders. I, I deliberately have not mentioned Emerson Royale because I think he has endeared himself to us. And actually, we know that he can play football now, yeah. finally. Yeah. Um, but there are four or five who there's no point them being at Spurs because even Ange isn't going to make them better. They're, they're over the hill, if you like, in terms of being able to quickly develop like young players and and should go and play football elsewhere. So, you know, as I said, there is an awful lot of players who in an ideal world we would like to get out of our football club in the nicest possible way and say, good luck, thank you very much. Uh, but it's whether anybody will take them. And if, if Tottenham sit down and truthfully offer Eric Dyer a two-year contract, then it, it's absolutely bananas because I don't think that Ange Postacoglu would sanction that. And we don't want to get into the situation, do we, or all our lovely Spurs fans, of having Daniel Levy making all the decisions on the football again and, and, and blocking the manager. We have to break that to move forward, as uh, I know that Josh and Johnny uh, were saying earlier. So uh, it, this is in many ways a pivotal moment. We've got a new manager, a new regime, whose team talk, I'm sure, will be reminiscent of Al Pacino on any given Sunday before every game. It's... That is going to be great, but he's got to have the right players to give the team talk to that he believes in, that he knows can do the job. And at the moment, we've still got a few to bring in. Johnny, how confident are you that Spurs will bring in two top-class centre-backs this summer transfer window? Not very confident. I mean, there was a player, a Slovakian player called Milan Skriniar, who, who I think he went on a free to PSG there recently. And he would have been somebody now that would have, I think he's 28, 29, would have been a perfect age for somebody like him to come into the Spurs defence. Um, Harry Maguire was mentioned, do you remember a few weeks? Uh, some of the fans were not happy with that. It's just the thing about the, the, the issue we have with centre defenders, Ledley King, Rio Ferdinand, they all have really good timing. That was their skill. The, you know the, the slick passing, being able when the when the attacker comes into the box to be able to get the ball off them without taking them down. Eric Dyer has no timing, can't time anything. He he just goes in full full. The leg goes in. You're kind of everyone's going. Oh no, it's a penalty. You know, I'm done with that kind of thing. We need someone in who is just so calm under pressure, like Ledley King in the back there. And if we don't, you're saying will we get two in? I really doubt it. I mean. You know, the lads are saying, you know, it's all very well having James Madison and Harry Kane there. It'll be the same old story. We can't expect them just to keep trying to win when we're leaking goals at the back. Um, 
maybe Skriniar didn't want to go. Maybe maybe Ange Postecoglou didn't fancy him as a as a. I don't know, but um, you know, Stones or you know, so somebody like um, look. I'd nearly, I'd nearly take Harry Maguire. I know he makes a lot of mistakes. I know that. I'd nearly take him at this stage. <laughs> I know people, you're nodding no, but I'd near, we need to get rid of Eric Dyer because he's the, he's the main man in the centre defence. And I'd nearly take anyone there at this stage. <laughs> how, how can you say get rid of Eric Dyer and bring uh, Maguire in? It's just like because, like, because, because we're never, we're not going to get anyone in. You just know the way this is all going. It'll be, we'll be watching in the Harry Redknapp on Sky Sports News and 24 hours to go. And he'll be talking, you know, oh, I think Spurs are going to get in such and it won't happen. We'll get nobody in. Um, I, I, I just, look, I mean, look at, look at Stones. I mean, he, he didn't have a, he had a bit of a rocky start to his career. And then all of a sudden he started to play really well for Pep. Um, so there's hope. I mean, Harry Maguire, it, it just because just because he he he, he ha- did make a lot of mistakes at Manchester United, it doesn't mean he'd do that at Spurs. I mean, um, he might cost a lot of money, but look, who else who else is out there that, that's going to come here? Um, and who else wants to come? You know, you, you're not going to be playing in the Champions League. You're not going to be playing in the Europa League. You're not even going to be playing in that conference thing. You, you're only playing anything. You're just going to be playing in the Premier League. And how attractive is that to the really top players? So whoever we get in will be like, it'll be like getting Ange Postecoglou in centre defence. It'll be kind of, well, I'm not sure about this. As you said earlier, Josh, he was eight or ninth down on your list of people to come in and manage the club a few months ago. So, you know, we're all happy about it. So maybe there is someone out there, maybe 24, 25, who has a good future. But we've got Eric Dar. I don't know what it is about Eric Dar. Why are we still banging on with him? I'm sure he's a very nice guy, and I thank him for all the, the, the effort he's given us over the years. I know sometimes it didn't work out for him, and I remember that infamous thing where he climbed up the up the steps of the stadium to get up to his brother or whatever. I under I get all that, but it, it just it's just time to move on with people like that. And and if 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 Harry Maguire is available and he wants to come, look, 60, 55 million to sixty million, we might as well just do it and see what happens. Couldn't be any worse than it is. <laughs> Josh, let me go back to your list. Um, when you said Postacoglu was nine, can you remember who was uh, number one to eight? Yes. Uh, number one was Gallardo, Marcelo Gallardo, um, for the same reasons, actually, uh, that we now are talking about Ange. It was every, everything about Gallardo is what I see in Ange. So um, that's, you know, proved me wrong. And then, you know, it was the likes of Thomas Tuchel and when there was speculation of him going and um, I had Inzaghi on there. I had Thomas Frank on there, who I'm a big fan of. Uh, I had De Zerbi on there. Uh, Amarim was somewhere on there as well. Um, yeah, I can't remember the entire order, but I know that uh, the top three were um, Thomas Frank, Gallardo and um, De Zerbi, I think. So, um but the reasons why I wanted Gallardo are the same as Ange. So, you know, I'm not disappointed in the slightest. But it was interesting, the point about um, about Milan Skriniar. So I know that he rejected us on two previous occasions um, when we tried to get him in. And that was, you know, when he would have cost about 50, 60 million. And um, he would have been the perfect profile. But I can think of one name that has he's cropped up a little bit. but I would just keep an eye on that one and see how that one kind of plays out. Um, and that Gleason Bremer, who we've been linked with in the past, um, just a little 
few whispers here and there of a bit of interest there. And and I, I must say, on, on the Romero front, with the point that was made about his potential Tottenham future, um, everything I've heard and from the various conversations I've had with certain people seems to be that of, if not this summer, possibly next summer. But it, it seems to me that he's looking for that probably or or being tempted or flirting somewhat with the idea of a Real Madrid or a Barcelona or a, a serial kind of European winner or European giant. Um, and I think that that kind of some, the point that was made in terms of not playing in Europe sums it up. We're going to have to go for a young, hungry player who the attraction of the Premier League is enough, which it is for a lot of players, by the way. So there are a lot of very, very, very good players who to them, a move to the Premier League is a dream come true. I mean, how many players have you heard in interviews say this is a dream to be playing in the Premier League? Um, so, yeah, I mean, on my list, I would have the likes of David Hanschko, uh, Alessandro Buongiorno from uh, Torino as well, the Torino captain at 24 years old. Hanschko, uh, winner of the Eredivisie with um, Arnie Slot at, uh, at Feyenoord. Um so there are other names. I, I just think that, you know, we're definitely getting one of Taps over or Van de Ven. I, I, my gut feeling is it's going to be Van de Ven. Um, and like you, Chris, I, I'm convinced Longley is going to happen. I'm not actually disappointed with that one, though, because I think that as long as you can get Davis and Dyer out and, those, and, and Sanchez, and I think Davis and Dyer being the main two perpetrators in, in my book, um, He's a much better backup fourth choice option or third, fourth choice option than we currently have. Uh, and I'd much rather have Longley filling in for an injured player than Eric Dyer. Um, but I think also Sanchez likely to command a fee. Uh, I think a lot's going to you know, depend on who goes out. And that's why I think obviously this Hoybier deal, as much as I actually really rate him, uh, and I think he's a really useful squad player. Um, it makes a lot of sense if we can get 35 million for him, 40 million for him, which is, you know, with two years remaining, I'd want no less um, than than 35, that's for sure. Um, that can allow us to strengthen. But if you're going to ask me in terms of who I genuinely think is going to come in, my prediction would be Van der Ven. Tossing Adaraboyo and and Longley, and I can see us bringing in three, but you know, not every fan's going to be happy with that. That's for sure. I completely agree with you, Josh. Now, would you be happy with that? I actually would. Um, I would, in the sense that Tossing Adaraboyo in particular is a player that I I underestimated a lot, and I've spent many more hours than I probably should have this summer so far watching footage of players that we've been linked with. Um, and I had no idea how good a passer Adaraboyo is and how good he is under pressure, how good he is at shifting the ball onto both feet and playing out uh, from the back under a lot of pressure. Um, it's very clear that Ange loves this profile of player who's over six foot three. Um, at the back, he likes these absolute beasts with a bit of pace. Tossin's got pace. Uh, and the one thing we were talking about earlier, Ledley King, how well he read the game. That was something I was surprised at how good uh, Tossin 
is he's very very good at reading the game whereas van der ven is um a lot more of a sort of jan vertonghen like if jan vertonghen had pace um you know and of course they're not the finished article neither of them are but i do think that you know given the right system and you know i'll go back to what i said earlier in terms of what would make tottenham successful and that's all singing off the same hymn sheet um, and all you know players running through the fire uh, for for postacoglu and and fans and players both just getting fully behind it i talked about the club being about individuals when we are a team at the end of the day and i think that those signings although they're not going to be everyone's cup of tea they to me strike the type of um balance that you have of a player that can still grow and develop but also doesn't have perhaps the ego of, of certain individuals that may disrupt trying to build a real united team so so i i would be happy russ if that was to happen would you be happy as a Spurs fan? And what do you think we could achieve with the squad that Andy Postacoglu has created? Uh, yeah, I mean, Josh is um, camped there. I mean, you know, we can sing for big money signings because it isn't going to happen. I just had this terrible, uh, when Johnny was talking about Harry Maguire, uh, that, you know, Ten Hogs on the phone to Daniel Levy and says 50 million for Harry Kane and Harry Maguire. No, 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 no. I'm with you. I think they would try that. Um, it, uh, until I know what the full deck of cards is, it's difficult to make any kind of prediction on, on what I think we're going to do. But I think we're going in the in the right direction, but we must. There's no point having, you know, Matters and Harry Kane if, if he stays, which I want him to, and Sonny and Kulisevsky and uh, let's not forget about Bentoncourt coming back round about October, having all these players who've got you know different degrees and different types of magic in their boots. If we're still leaking goals at the back, so I personally would take a Van de Ven. Certainly, I think um, Tapsoba probably is going to be a little bit too expensive for us, but uh, I agree with Josh with a couple of the names that he's come up with, and we are going to have to. Uh, fish a little bit uh, further up the pond rather than at the bottom where the big boys live, I think. Russ, what would be a successful season next year? And Postacoglu's first year in charge. What would be successful for you? Back in Europe, I would say. I mean, top four would be absolutely amazing. And you never know, you know, if you get on a run and momentum gets hold of the football club, who, who would have thought that, you know, Arsenal last season, at the start of the season... We're going to be on the momentous momentum run that they were, and they only faltered slightly at the end. And, you know, thank God for that, by the way. Um, you know, football, as we all know, anything can happen. It's it's drama, it's chaos. And uh, I hope we cause a lot of chaos. Uh, but top six, minimum requirement. And financially, it's important for the club again. Sorry to keep going on about money. Um Top four would be absolutely unbelievable, but to take the cups seriously as well. Yeah. That yeah. that means an awful lot to us as a fan base. Um, you know, it's been far too long since we won the FA Cup. Um, you know, and let's win the League Cup, Carabao Cup or whatever they call it at the moment. Let's take those seriously. Let's not be stupid like we were at Sheffield United, that inexplicable lineup. 
you know, for whatever reason, let's go for it 100%. And I think we've got a manager who will do that, come what may, under pressure or not, he will, he will go for it. And I think that's part of his attraction, actually, as well. Yeah. Johnny, in terms of league position, uh, what would you be happy with next next season? Tough four. I mean, look, to win the whole thing would be the ultimate uh, success, but I don't think that's going to happen just with Manchester City and, and other teams improving as well. Look, I think third or fourth and an FA Cup. And 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 also, um, I have to mention Hung Ming San and that injury that he seemed to be carrying for eight or nine months. We need to stop playing players that are injured. They need to take time off and go and get an operation instead of waiting. I mean, he was only playing at 60%. We can't have players doing that next season. That is just, it was disgraceful that that happened. Now, I don't know whether the club knew he had an injury because he told uh, some Korean journalist that that's what happened. And he said, I don't know whether I should be saying this. No, you shouldn't be saying it. In fact, you shouldn't be. You should have gone off for that operation six, eight months ago. I mean, look at the performances he had. So we can't have that going forward. If that's all, if that's all stopped and he comes up to Postacoglu, I've got an injury. This doesn't seem good, right? You're, you're going off. We're going to have to play somebody else for you and you're going away for six months. That's what should happen. That didn't happen. And that probably contributed to our finishing eighth as well. That was one part of it. I mean, that was terrible. So this season, we have to finish third or fourth and we need to get to the FA Cup final or to the Carabao Cup or whatever it's called now. We have to get to the final of those competitions instead of, as, as Russ was saying, putting out a, a B-side against Sheffield at the quarterfinals or last 16 of a cup. That, that's nonsense. You put out Harry Kane, you put out Hung Ming Son, you put out Madison for every match. Because we have nothing else to, we're not playing in the Champions League. We, we, <laughs> there's no excuse now. You know, we can play them in these competitions and not, not worry too much. So third or fourth and win some silverware. I think that, that's pretty good for his first season. Josh, what is realistic for Spurs next year? Because as much as we've had a good start to the transfer window, all of the teams around us, and uh, you know, bearing in mind we finished eighth in the Premier League last year, all of the teams above us have spent big money, will continue to spend big money. Um, Russ said there that we're not going to spend £50 million on Tabsoba because he's too expensive. Uh, if we're not going to go out and spend big money from now until the season starts, what chances do we have in finishing that top four? Um, slim, for sure. But what I would say is I think that Tottenham absolutely can uh, and will spend big money, provided that they make some money back. And, and you know, if Hoybier goes, if Sanchez goes, if Lo Celso goes, you know, and suddenly you have 75 million or so there, Tottenham could potentially spend 60 million on a player and then 15 million on another player. It could happen. But, you know, for me... The chances are slim, but this is a sliding doors moment. Tottenham have the chance, and it is this summer or bust for Spurs. You either act like one of the big boys and join them, or you fall away into the abyss. Or at a push, stay where you are. Chelsea are probably going to be back next season, whether we like it or not. Um, looking at the business that they're doing and, and the atmosphere that Poch is already starting to create there. Uh, even though I don't think Poch is the best tactical manager, what he is good at is building a team that fights and uh, you know for each other. 
and he'll get the fans on side very, very quickly. So they're going to be dangerous. Arsenal are only going to be stronger next season as a Man City. Uh, Man United are struggling, but they're you know they'll make sure that they'll do their their business when it comes to it. Um, Liverpool are, I think, going under the radar in terms of how good they've been so far. Um, Newcastle are making a statement as well. You know, for me though, top four should be the aim as much as it is slim, because fundamentally Tottenham season should come down to one thing, which is how we fare against the other top six clubs. Tottenham should really be looking and capable of beating every single team below them and the teams in and around them home and away. So I'm talking from your sort of Brighton and Aston Villas down to your Bournemouths and, um, you know, Luton Towns, right? Tottenham, time and time again, we go... We've lost 3-2 to Southampton. They get relegated. Or, we, you know, even the season we finished second, when I, I spoke about how great that season was, the last season at the lane. We had 86 points. Chelsea won the league with 90. Points that we dropped were West Brom, Bournemouth and relegated Sunderland. Every season we do this. As a minimum, I want to see us beat the teams below us or the bottom half teams and the teams in and around us home and away. And then our top four fate will be decided on how we fare against Chelsea, how we fare against Arsenal, Man City, Liverpool, Newcastle uh, and, and Manchester United as well. You know, and that's what it really should be. But that's the way that the Premier League is going. It's going to get to a point where you look at Manchester City and they're rolling over teams for fun. You know, of course, they lost home and away to Brentford. But on the whole, I mean, in the last few years, how often has Man City lost to a team below them other than Tottenham and, and Brentford last season? Not very often. So, yeah, that's that's where we need to be. That needs to be the aim. And, uh, and of course, we've got to take the Cup seriously. Tottenham Hotspur has been famous for being a Cup team. Well, that's going to become a thing of the past, just like Tottenham being historically a good side in the league. Well, Tottenham haven't won a league title since the 60s. We don't want to go that same distance without a cup win either. So, um, yeah, absolutely. Let's let's go as far as we can in the cups as well. Josh, just a very quick yes or no. Will Postacoglu deliver a trophy at Tottenham? No. Oh, no. And I hope I'm wrong. And I don't want to jinx it. <laughs> Right, last last question for you all. Russ, let's come to you first. Um, how are you feeling ahead of pre-season? Because the West Ham game in Perth, Australia is now just 12 days away. What do you expect to happen in the next 12 days? And as we saw last year, Antonio Conte did not allow the likes of uh, Tongyon Dombele, Giovanni Lo Celso, Sergio Reguilon, etc. on the plane. Do you expect that same scenario to happen this year where Postacoglu uh, will leave some players behind because he wants to offload them? Maybe an element of that. I don't think Ndombele would be one of them. He's already said that he wants to um, work with him and see how he can do in the Premier League. And, I mean, that player is an absolute baller. And if he can work in miracle with him and get him playing properly for us uh, in the position that we know that he can play and we saw rare glimpses of, I mean, that is like a £60 million player coming into the team. So I think Ndombele will go. There'll be one or two that won't. 
I think we'll have maybe one more signing in the 12 days and maybe a couple going out, perhaps one or two of the names that we've we've talked about tonight. Uh, but apart from that, I can't really see much happening. Obviously, the, the wheels of industry in the transfer window at Spurs will be turning while they're on tour and, you know, things, it's a small world, things could easily happen. But my gut feeling is one in, one out. And Ndombele on the plane to Australia. And you're going, Chris. So uh, you can tell me whether I'm right. Russ, can I just ask you, are you surprised that Spurs haven't uh, appointed a director of football as yet? Yep, I am quite surprised. Because at the moment, you know, you've got um, Mr. Munn, uh, who obviously is quite involved in that area. Um, we're not quite sure what Paratici is up to. Um, obviously nothing official. And at the moment, the chairman, I mean, you know, he was sitting at his desk and Antonio Conte had come in and Daniel Levy sitting down was taller than him. Now it's Big Ange who comes in to see him, this great big Australian guy, chairman, mate. I want some money. And Levy would be going like this. Um, so they, there has to be a conduit to be serious and uh, they have to get that sorted. Yeah, sharpish, I would say. I'm sure, I'm sure, look, they're no fools, as we know. Might not like some of them, but they're no fools. And um, I'm sure they'll be on that. Johnny, what do you think will happen in the next 12 days? Um, I think he's already had a chat to some of the players he doesn't fancy in the team. I, he's, he's a very direct type of guy. He's probably brought them in for one-to-one, sat them down and said, look, look, mate, you're not in my plans you know, the devastation on the face of the player been told that. And he, he, he will just tell them straight out. So I'd say they already know. Um, but if we're hearing rumours about Ndombele, you know, being brought back in, I'd say that's probably true. I think he probably wants to. He is great. Like, he's very good. I think Ndombele is, has a real great potential. He really does. I, I think he just needs to probably work a little bit harder in training. He probably has some physical issues that he needs to deal with. But I think with proper training. Look, these players are all going to improve um, in their way of play. They're, they're going to be probably taught things on the training pitch they weren't being taught by Conte and Mourinho. This, is, this guy is, is bringing in a whole new strategy of play. So it's great when you come into a, tra- into a training ground and you arrive there for the first day and then you're looking at the sessions. Oh my God, I can't wait for the Roma game. I can't wait for the Leicester-West Ham game. You know, So I'd say in the next 11 days, he'll take his, the players he, he wants, he sees it's the future, and he'll probably leave. The ones that are left behind are the ones that won't be featuring and they're trying to sell on. Um, but I think that if we win that Brentford game, which I think is an away game on the 12th of August, um, I think if we, beat, if we win that game convincingly, even if it's 2-1, 3-1, I think that's a great start to the season. I don't want to draw it or lose it, obviously, but just to win it, to go back to our ground then with, with, a, with a victory and then with a new manager, the, the, the crowd are going to be singing and it's just going to be amazing. So look, imagine we actually went in and won the first five or six games. Like that is possible. Like the dream is on. I'm, try, I'm trying to stay positive because we've had so much doom and gloom over the last 12 to 18 months. I just feel that if we get off to a really good start and you beat Brentford, we have to beat Brentford. The players have to be up for it in that very first game. I know Roma and the friendlies are all happening before that, but get up for it and win it and, and get off to a flyer because that, that really could uh, 
put us in good stead. But the friendlies are important. So if he if he brings the players he wants to bring, I think then um, that's the way it's going to be. And if we beat Roma, Leicester and West Ham, it's it, it's meaningless really because the one you really want to win is the Brentford one and you want to beat Chelsea or Liverpool, whoever is coming up after that. But um, the next 11 days are just, they know, the, the players have already spoken to him. He's spoken to them already. He, I, I worked for an Australian. They're not messing around. They don't mess around. Certainly the one I worked for, he didn't mess around. Not saying they're all like that, but they're pretty direct and they tell you exactly where you stand and you know where you stand and that's it. So that's probably already happened. Johnny, Adrian writes, Nuno won his first three games, just saying. Um, he, John- he did, yeah, but he did win them, but he, he didn't win. We weren't playing very well. The style wasn't great, Chris. You know, he, he yeah. talked about bringing back the DNA and sure, as, as, as Josh said, there was no DNA. You know, where's the, where, did, where has the DNA been for the last 10 years? It hasn't been anywhere. Uh, not since... Not since um, uh, the, the new Chelsea manager Pochettino. I mean, it hasn't been there since there. But yeah, he did win the first round. But he, they weren't convincing. And then they played West, Crystal Palace or West Ham. We lost three 0 or something. Yeah. And then you just knew here we go again. So if we play in a convincing manner and we have a good centre back that we were talking about, and Madison is spraying the ball up to Kane and Son causing problems, and we get off to a flying start, it's going to be very exciting. You know, really, but I'm not even thinking about if we lose the first game. And you know, Brentford, they're going to be, they're at home, they're going to be good and they're going to be sharp and they're going to be out attacking their attacking side. It's not going to be easy, but we just have to win that first game um, and get off to a good start. And I think then you'll see that they're going to buy into what Postacoglu is telling them, you know, and they're going to be going for it now. That's what we want, you know. Josh, probably the ideal scenario for Andy Postacoglu and all of us Spurs fans is the fact that in the next 12 days, we sign a couple of centre-backs. They all go off to Perth, Australia, thinking that, you know, we've literally ticked off all of the uh, to-do list. Goalkeeper, attacking midfielder, uh, a couple of centre-backs. Um, then things are looking good. And of course, um, Tongi on Dombele, Giovanni Lo Celso, all of the other players coming back from loan spells. Some of these could feel like new players to Postacoglu if he can integrate them into the squad and use them. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, and I think that's so important is getting those centre-backs through the door before um, we go to Australia. And I know Ange will want the same too. So I absolutely expect to see Longley done in the next 12 days. And I expect probably Van de Ven uh, to be done as well as, as Mano Solomon. Although, you know, probably he'll be, be not next week, but the week after that he does his medical because they'll be uh, rescheduling it. But, um, you know, I think absolutely. And, and it, it, it couldn't be more fitting, could it? And kicking off his journey at Spurs in Australia. The crowd yeah. are going to be behind him there. That's going to be his first glimpse. Um, but I, I completely agree with everything that was said about Brentford. You know, especially losing to them in our last home game of the season in the way that we did, absolutely crumbling in, in sort of typical Tottenham fashion. To go to the GTEC, you know, which is a tough, tough place to go. I live, uh, you know, walking distance from it. I'm very, very close to it. And, you know, I see the buzz around Ealing where it's a match day that we've all seen the parties they have after you know, the uh, the games and what Thomas Frank is doing there. I mean, it's clear to see why he was on my list for the same reasons. You know, they're going to be up for it. And they're, you know, for them, 
they're just enjoying this adventure. You know, they've finished top 10. They're thinking, can we do one better? You know, um, so if you start right and the attitude is right, it doesn't matter if we lose. We could lose all the games in pre-season, right? As long as we win that first game, that's what really matters. And I want to see, and look, I, I'll be honest, I don't think that we're going to see this miracle Ange ball in Perth. I really don't. I don't think we're going to see it in the Leicester game and in the West Ham game. What I want to see is little by little progression. Yeah. I want to see game by game players buying into that system. It's going to be probably quite a painful watch against West Ham. But and I may be wrong. It might it might be just it might click just like that. And and the players that were there under Poch, it's like second nature to them. But you know, I, I think we need to all temper our expectations somewhat for pre-season and what really matters is three points against Brentford absolutely well Josh thanks so much for being a guest for the first time on this channel you've been absolutely brilliant this evening um please tell everyone where, where they can find you on social media and what you're up to at the moment yeah no just uh, just put my uh my twitter handle um below it's uh, Josh Hughes TV um yeah just busy trying to weed through all the various rumours uh, find out what's true, not true uh, at Mail Sport. So, um, if you want to give Mail Sport a follow, if you don't already, um, yeah, essentially, I'm I'm one of the admin on there. Uh, and thank you so much for having me on, Chris. It's been uh, really good fun. Thank you so much. And Russ, thanks so much for coming on uh, again. It's been a are we, are we promoting you on uh, Threads yet? Uh, no, I'm, I think I'm giving that a miss for a while. Um, so uh, I haven't signed up yet. I'm, I'm watching everybody else do it, and we'll see how we go. I'm getting bored with social media, to be honest, apart from YouTube, of course, Chris, which is your <laughs> fine channel. Um, but no, I'm not on threads, but it's been a pleasure being on. Uh, thank you to people for listening and watching, and it's great to meet Johnny and, and also Josh. And, uh, you know, I wish you a safe journey to Australia, mate. Thank you so much. Are you going business you. class or are you going uh, cattle? Oh, it's all economy. Don't oh, worry about that. Yeah. yeah. I'll, be, I'll yeah. give you a couple of tips when we finish how you can uh, maybe get an upgrade. <laughs> I've loved the impressions this evening, by the way, Russ. So thanks. Oh, but really? Have I done some? <laughs> Johnny, thanks so much for coming back. Uh, pleasure having you here and uh, tell everyone where they can find you and when are you next on the radio? Yeah, you can hear me on Dublin's Q102, q102.ie. If you're in Dublin, it's on FM 102.2 FM and I'm on Saturday and Sunday, Saturday at 11 a.m., Sunday at 3. And then obviously when the Premier League kicks off, we'll be doing hits and sports. So we'll be playing a lot of pop music and uh, rock music. And we will also be uh, giving you all the latest sports updates as well. And then on Twitter, it's uh, JohnnyBow1. And on most social medias, you just look for me at JohnnyBow1 and you'll find me there. Well, Russ, Johnny, Josh, thanks so much for joining me this evening. Thanks for watching everyone thanks for listening until the next time come on you spurs
Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.